Welcome to the broadcast. It is January 15, 2023. We are live. And the silliness continues. The deaths, the thuggery in the streets, the thuggery in Congress, the war on the people by this thing that calls itself the United States government, this entity, this Leviathan, this beast. Um, what can you really say anymore? How far have we fallen? Uh, how far has just individuals fallen to, into corruption and just utter filth? Um, you know, um, I was just doing a lot of thinking this week about all of these deaths and the randomness and, um, why, why some of these people are dying while others aren't. And, you know, we, uh, we've talked a lot about the, you know, vials and the lots and, you know, how basically it's a Russian roulette system. And you've had these people coming on to the alternative media platforms talking about the ability to actually, through these mechanisms, to target individuals. And, you know, um, a lot of people have been talking about Lisa Marie Presley, and then people are digging into the gematria. I'm, I'm looking at these people on BitChute and other places. You know, Elvis's 88th birthday was January 8th. Okay. So 88, a big number in kind of white nationalist circles and so forth. You know, 1488, 14 words. And then the 88, of course, the gematria there for HH. Um, and then four days later, his daughter dies at 54. Now, I, I was looking at some footage of her at these Golden Globes, the GGs, the 77s. And uh, she looked off kilter you know now look if you're going to be dying in the next couple days you know um what was it whitney houston up dying in this hotel above where i believe it was the grammys with uh this this creep producer of hers clive davis and all this stuff and you know the you know there's a lot of sick creeps in all of these industries the interlocking music and movies and sports and so forth um but it's pretty interesting so she dies four days after his 88th birthday kind of strange uh, had a history of drug abuse and, and that sort of thing um screwy kind of multiple marriages with Michael Jackson and Nicolas Cage and all that strange stuff. So there was stuff posted on her social media about being vexed 
and so forth. So that was flying all over the place. So just some interesting stuff there. This rumor um, that only unvaxxed pilots were allowed to fly the attendees to the World Economic Forum in Davos was floating around everywhere. And, you know, uh, I it's hard to really pinpoint things like that. That stuff all comes from various places on the web, and it's hard to really track down if there's any veracity to that, whether that was actually, uh, you know, an unofficial edict from the goons at the World Economic Forum. But I was thinking about these... I was talked about the the radio frequency, electromagnetic frequency stuff, the manipulation available with these millimeter wave systems, the 5G stuff and all that, and their ability to interact with the contents uh, of these injections being put into people and that were put into people. Now, people are still maintaining that there's tons of people, millions of people every day still taking these things. I don't know if I believe that or not, um, but I was thinking about the amount of aerial spraying uh, that I've been seeing, and it's right before big rainstorms, and we all know that this weather modification, and we're seeing this stuff out in California. So they've been through these drought after drought after drought out there wildfires the whole nine and now they're just getting the torrential flooding and rain and semis getting blown over on the freaking golden gate bridge and you know the lightning struck the golden gate bridge all this stuff and i'm looking at the contents of these chemtrails and their ability to permeate everything. You know, so it's like if you're trying to be an organic farmer and you don't have a greenhouse with some sort of an air filtration system, uh, you're, 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 you're not organic farming. Sorry, your stuff's full of heavy metals and who knows what else. Radioactive isotopes. I mean, they're ta I mean, they're talking about just going right around all of us that refuse to take these injections and putting this stuff right into the food supply, all the animals. You know, they were already doing this to zoo animals. Remember this throughout this hysteria? These kooks. Uh, in Australia, part of the British crown still, and all the stuff that they were doing to the people and, and zoo animals and all this. You can only imagine what other countries like China and so forth are, are doing. But what, what we do here in the United States, our ruthless gangster um, entity. And so... I guess where I should start, um, this Sasha Latipova, okay, this Ukrainian alleged former 
pharmaceutical person that's come out. Now, now Sean from the SGT report, he was talking to her um, a few couple months ago, but this has really broke big all across. And this is clip two, Mr. Producer, just to get ready. Um, all these alternative platforms at this whistleblower, um, you know, and I played the Peter McCullough clip last week about him outing this whole thing as a military operation from top to bottom. I mean, people are so goldfish memoried, um, that they watch all this stuff like the Karen Kingston stuff and, uh, you know, the people that are exposing warp speed, Operation Warp Speed, this military operation. You know, people were, we were all asking, the hell is the military doing getting involved in all this? Well, this is just, you know, another kind of, you know, backing up, I guess you would say, of the, you know, the the paradigm that, yeah, this whole thing, is a military op and, um, you know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, so let's, we're going to listen to a few minutes of this clip too, but it's, it's, it's like those of us that listen to my broadcast and many others, it's not really telling us we, anything we haven't known, but, uh, a lot of people are like, you know, I'm listening to callers and other broadcasts and they're like, well, I, it, it just seems like this this lady, she she busted this stuff out. And then, look, there has been some document dumps that further solidify the theory that, yeah, this, this thing's been a military op from top to bottom. And this is why the kind of the whole Q thing where the military is going to be the saviors and step in and, you know, throw everybody in Gitmo and, and, and hang them and give all these actors – CIA masks so they can run out the rest of the, the chess board here, the chess match and all this crap. Um, but let's go ahead and listen to clip um, two and we'll listen, you know, for a couple minutes here. Go ahead and roll that. Well, to our top story now, a bombshell new report shows that the Department of Defense, yes, the Pentagon, controlled the COVID-19 program from the very beginning, and everything we were told was political theater, basically to cover it up, right down to the hey, FDA vaccine approval process. It was- all right, now think about this. McCullough and all these people, Kingston, they were all talking about these patents going back 10-plus years. Of course they had to be. Moderna has been in bed with DARPA and all this for hell, and they didn't even put a product out for freaking 10 years or whatever, eight to 10 years. Now you got Stefan Bonsell, this Jew, uh, the head of it, worth billions. But, you know, and I get where they're coming from here, but it's like, hell, people have been exposing us for a long time. Go ahead and resume it. It was all theater. That means that human beings were used as props, essentially. According to newly obtained documents, the Pentagon used a combination of shady approval authorizations that are still in use, including the PREP Act, the Emergency Use Authorization, and other transaction authority, the OTA, all of which shielded big pharma agencies, medical participants that delivered unregulated vaccines 
from any liability and protected them, basically. We've gone through a lot of these documents and just showed how they are not on the hook for any of this liability. These documents, these new documents, were obtained by a former executive of a pharmaceutical contract research organization. That person is Sasha Lydapova, and Sasha joins us now to tell us what she's uncovered. Thank you so much for coming on on the show, Sasha. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. This is intense. I mean, when you first uncovered these documents, did your jaw just hit the floor or did you know that this is what you were going to find based on the breadcrumbs you were already uncovering? Uh, well, I yeah, I, I, I was really shocked. I was working on this for quite some time. Uh, so I first my first finding was that these products were not uh, good manufacturing practice compliant. And that I found right away when they started being rolled out due to extreme variability of adverse events and deaths that were reported per each lot of the of the so-called vaccine. So that was very shocking to me as a pharmaceutical um, uh, professional because we know how uh, high quality uh, pharmaceuticals typically must be manufactured. You know, they have to be very, very consistent. There should be uh, practically no variation lot to lot in terms of uh, toxicities or, or any other uh, performance characteristics. And these products were varying about thousand times lot to lot. So uh, that was extremely concerning. And uh, I didn't realize why that was happening, but I just knew that they were not good manufacturing practice compliant. I later confirmed that through regulatory documents and then the final piece of the puzzle was when I uh, was able to see all these contracts from the DOD. They were released uh, based on freedom of information requests and also securities and exchange commission declo- disclosures. And uh, when I saw those contracts, there were around 400 that are now available for all COVID, so-called COVID countermeasures, including vaccines. Um, I realized that was really what was going on. Uh, the Department of Defense uh, used a very um, shady contracting practices and also used several uh, laws that were put in place previously, previous to COVID, to, uh, to do this, to shield pharmaceutical companies, to not conduct you know, proper clinical trials, uh, to do a lot of uh, fraudulent I would say manipulations of public perception um, and all in collusion, obviously, with mainstream media and these pharma companies. And so as a result, we have this theatrical performance called uh, clinical trials, but they were actually not real. They were they did not, um, you know, based on the laws that are used here and invoked in this process, clinical trials are not required at all. Uh, and, And in fact, they cannot be conducted. I mean, that's one of there's many there's many really troubling parts of the story. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack a few of them. But that one stands out to me, perhaps at the top of the list, is the theatrics that were put in place for these trials. So there were human beings in many ways being used as props to paint the veneer that they were somehow going through deep trials to make sure that we were all safe with these vaccines. And you have, I know there was, a, for instance, a 13-year-old girl. Uh, they, in fact, had an ad. The we're going to va- go ahead and stop it there. Safety. Um, Think about this, though. They've been working on these freaking, let's just say, injections for probably a decade. You know, these patents go way, way back to 2012 and so forth. That You know, all these people have busted this stuff out. So you can only look at this in a couple different ways. The, the first way is, 
okay, the the, the government, um, you know, they were trying to protect the population because uh, the way I look at it because they knew that biological warfare just got released by the Chinese onto the world. Okay. The other one is the freaking Pentagon is at war with the population of the country and they are trying to experiment on and or kill off and or tap us into the internet of bodies um, and all that side of the house, transhuman, blah, 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 blah. You know, you look at the Lucifer rays and you look at people still putting themselves under these black lights, uh, installing black lights around the country instead of street lights, uh, all this strange stuff. So this whole march towards the central bank digital currency the remember um the patent wo uh was it six twenty twenty zero six zero six zero six through microsoft which is about using a crypto mining system um uh, based on your base kinetic activity i guess you could say and maybe your mental activity let's say you're somebody that sits in front of a computer and you're going to earn your credits because it's it's basically monitoring you in real time um you know at the biological level which harari and all these creeps talk about and if you're a person a construction worker you're out you know busting concrete or you're build at a structure you're an iron worker or something like that um and it's deciding whether you earn your credits this way Uh, this is a this is a multifaceted operation uh, that took years to plan now people are still revisiting this wuhan military games thing that went on we had all these militaries in wuhan and the possibility that you know something happened there mossad cia you know dia types defense intelligence agents you know uh, there's that angle you know uh, veterans today and a bunch of those people put that out right at the beginning that something was released at the wuhan military games and then people brought this stuff back to their respective countries and depending on what country it was um, some sort of a sickness ran through um, very quickly and then you had remember the Cuomo's and the, and the Whitmer's and the Newsom's uh, and that was a guy Murphy in Jersey uh, moving quote unquote sick people into nursing homes to drive up body count <laughs> uh, and, and to cause this hysteria um, for a sustained enough period of time in order to then to roll out this warp speed um, injections where the real biological warfare um, can cut its teeth and dig into humanity. And now, what, two and a half years later, almost three years later, now we're seeing uh, the, let's just say, possibility that we could see a mass die-off now i was listening to this dr ben marble he was on with alex jones and Stu peters and all these guys and he 
he's pretty ballsy and he thinks up, up to a billion people could die within the next uh, couple of years. Um, I don't know. Um, Cause look, we're, we're, we're right around one of these things roll out uh, beginning of 2020. So we're our mid 2020s. So we're two and a half to three years in um, a lot of these doctors that we all kind of saw prop up during the COVID the beginnings of the COVID operation were really, really apocalyptic about uh, numbers. And we're starting to see some numbers and a lot of people starting to die. And a lot of people that are semi-prominent, and, but also the report, reporting you know, what's, what's strange now is, think about this. People have always died, okay? I remember I remember kids dying when I was in high school. Some of them were on the uh, football teams and that sort of thing. Um, but now, due to our sensitivity, since the rollout of these shots... Like those of us in our sector, our automatic knee-jerk response is uh, this had to do with uh, a the kid or the the young person took the the shot, or b somehow they got shed on possibly, and it caused some complications. So I actually went to the doctor this week. I haven't been to the doctor a doctor in years. But I have found a DO, a doctor of osteopathy, like uh, Dr. Tenpenny. And uh, I just went in there for, you know, an initial, hey, what's up? You know, um, take my blood pressure and so forth. And I brought him a list of things I wanted done, complete blood count, and I had D-dimer written on there, and I had troponin levels written on there. And he looked at me like I was <laughs> half crazy. And he's like, well, why do you want these done, these two done? Uh, this is usually only done in an emergency room type setting where um, somebody's having some sort of a, an event, um, usually like a car, chest pain cardiac event or something. And I explained to him, I was like, well, you know, um, I'm concerned about shedding uh, nanolipid particle, spike protein, whatever you want to call this, from these. Um, in, and I, I said, and I'm going to call them injections because they don't truly meet the definition of vaccine. So let's just say injections. And he looked at me and we kind of talked for a minute and he's like, well, you know, I don't know uh, if your insurance is going to cover this. I was like, well, I don't care. And he left the office and he comes back. And he's like, have you ever like seen a doctor or anything for chest pain or ever been to the hospital? I was like, yeah, a few years ago I had chest pains and I spent the night in a hospital and they did all these tests, you know, they uh, stress test and all that crap they did put me through the ringer and they said they couldn't see anything wrong. He's like, and he left the office and he comes back and he's like, he gave me a, he's like, well, we don't do those kind of labs here. So I'm just going to send you out to get it all, all done at one place. So I went to a, you know, one of these lab deals it. 
And I did it, and I got the results, and my D-dimer and my troponin levels are negative. Troponin, of course, that's kind of an indicator if you've got myocarditis, okay? Your troponin levels should be probably elevated or something. You know, I'm digging around looking at this stuff. So I've always kind of been wanting to do a D-dimer, and um, then I started reading about troponin and that sort of thing. I'm like, eh. So um, I got good news that basically – and. I did one of them fake PSA tests. He put me through one of them, which is your prostate, I guess, screening antigen or something, and I looked good on that. And so um, my blood work looked all right. And so now I I would like to send some like to a guy like Ryan Ryan Cold, where he could actually look at it and see if, like each cell, you know, if you have cell health or not, your red blood cells and that sort of thing. But as the blood workup with the D-dimer and the troponin and everything seemed all right. So I, that, I guess that was kind of a a nice thing that happened. Um, and I, and I kind of stroked his ego. I was like, look, I, I picked you because you're a DO and you're not an MD. And that might have helped me get the test done and that sort of thing. So uh, we'll we'll see how this all plays out with, with people. But uh I th- this was in my notes that I had throughout the week because the military is allegedly going to end the vax mandate officially. Now, as somebody that's been in the military, yeah, they might officially end the vax mandate to tell all those dummies out here in the in the world. But they're going to lean on these kids. I'm talking lean on them. They're, you know, so it's it's. And they're and they're thinking about now um, reinstating some of them with some back pay. Uh, if I got kicked out, I wouldn't even go back near these people. But anyway, so the the military vax mandate to purge the wise patriotic people left out of the military, the people that pay attention to alternative media, not boob tube, you know, uh, Fox News, CNN crap. And so you've purged all the wise ones out through this, a lot of them. So then you've got famine, chaos, gun confiscation, you know, vis-a-vis Katrina. Remember the gun confiscation during Katrina? It really still has a sore spot in a lot of our um, memories, those of us that are old enough to remember all that. Um, and it was under good old W, Republican. Mm-hmm. But think about that. You know how many people in the military are not even really American? Now you got Gavin Newsom going to sit here and say he's going to hire illegals to be police officers in California. He's going to just carte blanche, say, hey, that's cool. They're going to sign some little executive order. So now you'll have a Venezuelan communist, an Ecuadorian communist, Brazilian communist, being a cop in California. All right, we'll see you on the other side of the uh, break.
You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-and-lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-and-lift? Our Ease-Off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the Ease-Off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my Ease-Off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. American Freedom News is your daily website that will keep you fully informed on what both the good guys and bad guys are doing in the information war in which we are all engaged. Fed up with the lies of the fake news media and the censorship of big tech giants? American Freedom News is the solution as we provide truth and knowledge on all the vital issues of the day. American Freedom News believes in America first. The establishment wants us split into numerous hostile groups rather than uniting in a common cause against the corrupt oligarchy that is plundering America and the world. Many more Americans are waking up and realizing they are the victims of the ongoing Great Replacement and Great Reset. But the malevolent forces trying to systematically destroy America can and will be defeated. Be fully informed by reading American Freedom News, the best news and information site on the Internet. Go to AmericanFreedomNews.us and find out for yourself. That's AmericanFreedomNews.us. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. All right. It's 
Cindy Erie Radio on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Support the network if you can, folks. Uh, greetings to everybody over at Speak Free Radio. I think we're still broadcasting over there, too. And everybody that's uh, listening through uh, Sean down in Australia on the AMs over there in New York and Australia. He's got going out. Um Mr. Producer, if you'd get clip one ready, I haven't, I've been meaning to play this and it's been all over the place, but just for the, some of the, some of the listeners that might not have heard this, this is a bunch of the gang over the FDIC talking um, about what's coming. Go ahead and play clip one. Should be accessible when people need to know, but I don't think you have much hope of, of reaching a public that doesn't have a professional need to know. I, I completely agree with that. I almost think you'd scare the public if you put this out. Like, why are they telling me this? Should I be concerned about my bank? Like, my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets. So they just assume they're going to pay my claim. Right? It's. It's. I, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do, <laughs> that we want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They know the FDIC insurance is there. They know it works. They put their money in. They're going to get their money out. So there, there's a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms represented in this room. There's a bunch of people that will charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them. And, and, and it's fine. I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. I wondered whether there are some market tests of whether you're being heard. And I think about TLAC. So TLAC should spread should respond to good and bad news about the institutions, and it's really important. I mean, it's a little bit conflicted, right? I mean, it's important that people understand they can be bailed in, but you don't want a huge run on the institution. But, they have, I mean, they're going to be. That's, and, and it could be an early warning signal to the FDIC and the primary regulators when these things happen. And there may be some other prices, this is uh, similar to what Jay was saying, in the market that, you can tell whether people understand how the who's going to be protected, who isn't going to be protected. It would be, I think, an interesting study to look at the evolution of market prices in a situation like March of 2020, for example, and see whether people understood what might happen. I'd like to go back to, to some of Dick's early comments. I do think it is hard to get a lot of demand for transparency right now in this in this sort of period of peacetime. But that is going to flip, and it's going to flip probably even faster than we saw in 2008, where the need for communications really quickly in the social media world uh, to avoid disinformation, to have some holding patterns for things like, I remember in the early days of bail-in, people saying, they're coming for my deposits, right? So just holding, just holding communications that you can pull out that are helpful to deal with disinformation, some very simple things, um, and how quickly you'll be able to deal with different constituencies um, for example, as liabilities are further up and closer to harm's way, when are you going to be able to give them some comfort, if any? How do you deal with uh, foreign operations? 
how do you communicate to some of those different groups? I, I think ex ante preparation for the speed of scaling up mm. and the ability to get information out to avoid rumors taking over the, the narrative strikes me as probably the place that feels like it's got the most benefit in a world where I think the you've done a pretty good job of getting out the basics of Title II mm -hmm. and some of the basic resources that are available now. All right. So you can stop that there. TLAC, total loss absorbing capacity. International standard finalized by the Financial Stability Board in November 2015, intended to ensure that global system, systemically important banks, GSIBs, <laughs> global systemically important banks, they're called GSIBs, have enough equity and bail-in debt to pass losses to investors and minimize the risk of a government bailout. Remembering Gerald Salente with John Corzine and MF Global lost a ton of money. Yeah, past losses to investors. So if you got a bank account, they're going to be considered an investor. You're going to snatch what they need to to keep things afloat. That's right before the CBDCs come in. Um, Mr. Producer, get clip three ready. Um, now, Michael Yon, okay. Mike Adams has been having him on quite a bit. Uh, Del Bigtree, this is a clip from Del Bigtree, is going to have him on. But he, Michael Yan, is this one of the youngest Green Berets ever. We know the Green Berets are actually kind of, um, let's just say, psychological uh, warfare guys. When they, you know, operate, that's one of their big things is psychological operations. Uh, not saying Michael Yan is involved in a psyop right now. I can't tell. But um, we're just going to play this for a few minutes and then, because this has to do with the, because we're hearing from a lot of people famine is coming. And so let's go ahead and listen to uh, clip three. I come from the doctor's television show, medical television, the Dr. Phil show. My executive producer uh, also came over with me um, to do this work. But there are so many questions. And now that I understand how the vaccine lies are being told, how they're being built, and I get to go to these great speaking events everywhere where I meet cryptocurrency people and banking people and oil and gas and war people, and they start laying out how the fraud is taking place on the population, and I start thinking, oh, my God. God, it's the same exact playbook. Well, there's somebody that has been doing this long before I have that is actually putting his boots into the spaces that are all the questions we have watching the news. China, Ukraine, what's happening in the Netherlands, what's happening with farming, what's happening with energy, what's happening with heating, what's happening with the world. This guy, Michael Yan, is on it. And if you don't know who he is, let me remind you, you've probably seen him in one of these shows. Michael Yan. Michael Yan. Michael Yan, a Green Beret turned independent blogger. A great example of how to do things real, uncut, 
Raw. You more than anybody have warned America about this. A journalist and America's most experienced combat correspondent. Michael Yan says the media are missing the real story there. Michael was one of America's youngest Green Berets. That's not an easy thing to manage at 19 years old. He is America's most experienced combat correspondent. Not necessarily a title for the faint of heart. As with Iraq, there's not, there's not a lot of journalists actually on the ground in either of these places. It's very difficult to travel around uh, without, uh, you know, getting hurt or killed or kidnapped. Did you see any men in black for yes, the yes. accusation or oh, yeah. the question raised? I, I was this close. You know, I spend a lot of time with soldiers in the wars, and the the men in black that I saw seemed like more like special forces. Within 24 hours, I was at the El Paso border with Mexico, and watching the immediate influx of migrants after the inauguration. I've been watching food and energy and migration patterns uh, very intensely since January of 2020 when the pandemic started. In every country that I go to, I want to know what the farmers think. I go straight to farmers. I want to know what people like truckers think, law enforcement, military, that sort of thing. The basic pulse of the, of the countries that I go to. When you get a big famine or a big pandemic or a big war, you'll get a lot of talk, human osmotic pressure that pushes people over borders and pulls people over borders. Panama is an invasion corridor to the United States. And there's huge numbers of people coming from about 150 countries through uh, Asia and Africa and South America, and they come through Colombia. And then they head through that jungle called the Darien Gap. I've been warning about this for 30 months. Since January of 2020, I've warned of global famine. And right now it's coming to pass. Pandemic, famine, war, triangle of death, they always go together. All right, it is my honor and pleasure to be starting out this brilliant New Year's uh, with a discussion I've been wanting to have for some time with a a guy whose boots have been on the ground, Michael Yan. Thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. uh, The opportunity to come here and speak. I was just watching your show. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Yeah, well, we, you know, I have such an amazing team. I know you know it takes a team. I know you know it's really about evidence, right? We can sit here and speculate, and there's so much that, you know, when we do the work we do in this, in the sort of the medical space, I have scientists all around the world. We are literally inside CDC. I've got whistleblowers no one knows about that are feeding me information. But there's so much that's happening in the news that I haven't gotten to put my feet there. And that's what you've been doing. All right, I'm going to stop it there. And, and uh, so basically I think start- what he's going to do is he, and the, and the audio is kind of jacked up there, but Listening to him, he was talking about these BS, BASF plants in um, Germany. Huge city-like structure going to shut down, um, and it and and how that is a is a ripple effect across the the global economy. And he talks about, of course, the Netherlands, the war on their farmers, and we see the war on Ukraine disrupting. Uh, this farming, which Ukraine is a huge, huge food producer. See, the Khazars want to come back and take all that over. But Michael, it's it's he's you know this guy's been around for a long time and pandemic, famine, and war. So this is what it really, you know. There's all these articles out here about Biden being blackmailed to send ground troops in. Okay. Um. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I got this article. It's up on truthseeker.com. 
co.uk is is Biden being blackmailed to send U.S. combat troops to Ukraine. Um, so we we're seeing these um, Abrams tanks, and the people are putting all this stuff out here that uh, various countries now are sending. Uh, you know, heavy tanks and artillery and everything in here. And, um, you know, uh, no one should be surprised that Joe Biden's classified documents problem has emerged at the same time a key city in Ukraine, Solodar, has been liberated by Russian troops. All the recent reports from the front lines indicate that the Russian army is steadily seizing more territory in the eastern part of the country while inflicting heavy casualties on the overmatched Ukrainian forces. In short, the Ukrainian army is being beaten badly, uh, forcing U.S. war planners to rethink their approach. What the U.S. needs to do to prevail in its proxy war with Russia is to enlist a coalition of nations, U.S., Poland, Romania, and U.K., that are willing to commit combat troops to the conflict with the tacit understanding that NATO would not directly participate in any ground war with Russia. Biden previously rejected the idea of sending troops to Ukraine, acknowledging that it would be tantamount to launching a third world war. But as the classified document scandal gains momentum, the malleable president will likely fall in line and do whatever the hawkish foreign policy establishment demands of him. In short, the documents flap is being used by behind the scenes power brokers who are blackmailing the president to pursue their own narrow interests. They have Brandon over a barrel. Um, so I think I'll use that to uh, move into clip seven, Mr. Producer. Now, I was listening to True News. This is from Friday, and we're going to start at the 1857 mark. And, and this is about the documents and so forth and so on. And then we'll kind of move into... Uh, the possible removal of Biden and what the Q people have always been saying and, and um, so forth and so on. So let's play a clip seven. Go ahead and start it at that first part. I guess I'll go ahead and talk while he's getting. Joe's yeah. lawyers were there to pack. Why is President Biden closing down the Penn Biden Center in the middle of his presidency? And why do he send lawyers to pack boxes instead of staff? If I'm closing down my office, I'm sending Johnny. I'm not paying a lawyer twelve hundred an hour to carry boxes. Johnny will do it for free. But the Washington Post has an answer and they say it's unclear. It wasn't just first year lawyers packing Joe's office either. The lawyer who they say found the documents is Dana Remus. Does she look like she can carry boxes? Joe's so woke he's having women help him move now. But who is Dana Remus? She was the one responsible for all of Obama's records. Her job was to literally keep these documents in check and report straight back to the persnickety librarians over at the National Archives. Obama liked her so much that he even officiated her wedding do you realize how many favors you have to do to have Obama officiate your wedding? Then when Joe runs, she becomes Joe's campaign lawyer. He gets elected. She becomes chief White House counsel. But a month before these documents are discovered, Dana Remus steps down and becomes legal partner at Covington and Burling, where she becomes Joe's private attorney 
And then she just happens to find Joe's secret stash of documents a week before the midterms. All right, there's a lot to unpack Whoa. in that. One of the first thing that I heard that I had never heard before mm-hmm. was that Biden is shutting down his think tank. Right, I caught that last night, and that was the first I'd heard about it as well. And what, why? What, what's he afraid of? Did they, uh, are they not getting checks anymore from China? Uh, you know, <laughs> what's going on? So, or, or there's going to be too much scrutiny of the think tank. Where he got the money. So, and Jesse Water brings out a good point here, too, that in closing down the office, they're not sending the flunkies in to move, you know, boxes and pack up lamps and stuff like that. No. Send his, uh, his at least his personal attorney, Dana Remus, who was a month earlier, just a month before the discovery of these documents, was chief White House counsel and, and then became Joe Biden's personal attorney. And then discovered the documents. Yes. Which means that what that tells me is the documents were discovered before she resigned. A plan was drawn up. Uh, you, you need to get out of the White House as a government employee. Yes. You need to become my private attorney. And then you discover the documents. That's right. And then it's, a, it's an attorney-client privilege now. You cannot discuss things publicly because you're my private attorney. And what I find even more fascinating about this particular segment here is that she was Obama's point person for handling classified documents Mm -hmm. as he exited. Think about that. She knew about classified documents Mm -hmm. from a previous administration. And now, All the trees in, from the in another administration, she's handling classified documents again as his personal attorney, mind yes. you. So but she's not authorized to touch those documents. She knows that. Another point is uh, President Trump has repeatedly said he, dis- he uh, declassified documents that he had. Right. All right, go ahead and stop uh, it vice- there, and then we'll forward to that next part. Okay, at 2806. But I decided to look into Miss Remus. I find that last name interesting. Who are the founders of Rome? Romulus and Remus, right? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Now, so she was uh, general counsel for the Obama Foundation. 2017 to 2019, and was counsel to Michelle Obama, Big Mike. Obama Foundation, where there's tons of supposedly 30,000 freaking documents of who knows what in there, all the treason that happened on the eight years under uh, Obama. So she's a New Hampshire girl. She earned a BA in East Asian studies at Harvard, Harvard Mafia, and a Juris Doctor from Yale. Mm. Okay. She clerked for Alito of the Supreme Court. Interesting. So she joined Cravath, Swain, and Moore, white shoe law firm. It's headquarters in New York uh, City and an additional office in London. Okay. Mergers and acquisitions work. Okay. But anyway, what is interesting, um, Dana Remus is married to Brett M. Holmgren. 
okay, who serves as Assistant Secretary of State for Intelligence and Research in the Biden administration. The wedding took place on January 21st, 2018, okay, in Washington, D.C., with Barack Obama officiating. So I looked up Mr. Holmgren, okay, Brett M. Holmgren. So, uh, American intelligence official, okay, he got a BA from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and a Master of Arts degree, summa cum laude, from Johns Hopkins. Oh, the same people that run Center for Health Security. Isn't that interesting? Event 201, and now uh, Catastrophic Contagion. He's a good old graduate, summa cum laude. He's held several top leadership positions in the intelligence community, in the White House and Department of Defense. Okay. He was a counterterrorism analyst at the DIA. Okay. Then he was at the United States National Security Council, uh, political analyst at the CIA. Oh, he's been hopping around all those good places. Um, Homeland Security Advisor as a senior policy advisor. He was most recently the Vice President for Technology Risk Management at Capital One. Oh, in McLean, Virginia. Mm. Deputy for nominations on the Biden-Harris transition team. So he was involved with bringing in all the goons that sit there in the Biden-Harris um, team. And um, co-chair of the Intelligence Working Group for the Joe Biden 2020 presidential campaign. So he was in on the steal. Think about that. Crazy. All right. Um, so I just wanted to um, kind of talk about that one. Now, um, the guy that, that succeeded Miss Remus as Biden's, uh, you know, uh, White House counsel. He's he's a juris doctor from Yale. Okay, and uh, here's what it says about him: personal life. Delery is gay. <laughs> Upon his nomination as associate attorney general in 2012, he became the highest ranking openly gay person serving in the United States Department of Justice. So he took over from Remus. Um, now, um, Covington and Burling. Um, this is... Uh, this is where um, Remus is also at Covington and Burling, I believe. Now, I just wanted to read a couple of the people at um, at this law firm. Okay, Covington and Burling, um, Dean Atchison. Okay. Um, Donald Alexander, Howard Berman, John Bolton, um, William Bundy, 
Michael Chertoff. So this is these law firms that all these people, these interlocking law firms, um, that all these people, when they step down from government, they jump into these huge law firms with like thousands of lawyers. All right, and they, and they have London offices, Brussels, and all this stuff. So this big bar association, this worldwide bar. I mean, they got offices all over the world. Just insane. All right, we'll see you guys on the other side. Natural causes, day or night. sick of censorship tlb talk is the cure tlb stands for truth liberty and balance we are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet we were built out of necessity because big tech big pharma and big brother are out of control the only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united with that vision tlb talk was born our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> 